Man, them just good songs, aren't they? They just feed the soul. And uh, I like that. All right, so if you want to read tonight, you're sure welcome to do so. And uh, we are in Psalms uh, 60 tonight. Psalm 60. So if you would like to read, you can, as we always do, just line up. And uh, we'll begin in, in the chapter 60 here. And uh, we'll... I only got 12 verses there, then there's 8 verses in 61, and so, uh, and then there is 12 verses in 62, so let's do 8 verses apiece, okay, since there's 4 of us. Sister Kaylin, won't you do chapter 60, verse, first 8 verses, all right? O God, thou hast cut us off, thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased, O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it. Yo, the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, say love. That thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and hear me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will devise Shechem and meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Ever Edom will I cast out, to, out my shoe. Philist. Philistia, triumph thou because of me. Thank you. Verse 9. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Will not thou, O God, which hath cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me, and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, for him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, 
but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity. And men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Amen. Song of Solomon tonight, and uh, we'll go back to chapter 1, and, and uh, we'll read from verses 9 to 17 tonight, and uh, as we continue this, this uh, series out of Song of Solomon, the greatest song that ever was sung, and tonight it will be on a thought, the union with Christ, a union with Christ. And so we find in verse 9, I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. We will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. While the king sitteth at his table, the, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. My beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire in the vineyards of Injadai. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast doves' eyes. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant. Also our bed is green, and the beams of our houses are cedar, and our rafters of fir. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus here this evening. We do thank you, Lord, for the songs that have been selected and sung tonight. Lord, they've been good to my soul. We thank you, Lord God, for your word tonight, Lord. It's been good as well. Father, I pray you now, Lord, it should move in our hearts and souls that we might find tonight that our relationship with Jesus may be enriched. Father, that our lives with Christ tonight, dear God, would be better than ever before. Father, we be preaching to Christians tonight as we do every Wednesday night. God, that we may cause our relationship with you to grow. God, that we may, we may tonight, dear God, love you more than we've ever loved you before. God, you're worthy tonight of our very breath as much as our lives tonight. Father, I ask you, God, bring us together as a church. God, open our eyes and hearts that we may hear you, we may learn of you. God, that we may follow you and trust you, Lord, and most of all, just love you. Thank you, God, for all that you've done with our hearts today. Thank you how you provided for us, you protected us. God, you brought us to the house of God tonight. And, Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for all that you've done. In Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight, again, we have to know the characters that are here. And so the king is one that would represent the world tonight or the enemy. Uh, as we go through the Song of Solomon, that would be every time we make reference to that, 
Uh, that would be exactly what it would mean. And then the Shulamite, the girl that's spoken in here, is of the church or representing the church. Uh, it stands for the bride of Christ uh, tonight. And then the shepherd boy is the Christ himself, the Lord our God tonight. And so with those being at the thought and then the setting tonight is as important as well as we're still in chapter 1. If you remember in chapter 1, verse 4, the king hath brought me into his chambers. And now that the king has now brought her, the Shulamite girl, under his, under his visage, uh, he's watching as the world today has watched you. As the world has, gone, has watched us this past week and all of our lives since being a Christian, we find ourselves in the God of this world and his realm. We find the enemies tonight that are around us and about us, even in our homes uh, tonight, that we understand that we're always under uh, that eye, under that mindset of the enemy wanting to destroy, to kill, uh, to take us out, to, to cause division, to cause a suffering. Uh, in our marriages, in our relationships, uh, our relation with Christ, especially tonight. And we find the setting still there at that time. And we see now that the king is speaking to her uh, in verse 9, speaking to the Shulamite girl. She has now been surrounded by the daughters of Jerusalem, uh, the people of the world. And uh, they're looking at her as if she's out of her mind. Because as we left last Wednesday night, we found that these these women, these daughters were saying to her, man, what's the matter with you? I mean, here you are. He called you into his chambers. He's called you into his, into his, his uh, harem. He wants you to be part of what he can have, and he's got everything. All the world is, is in his hands. He's got all power. He's got all prestige. He's got anything and everything that a woman would ever want or need. And uh, he is trying to draw you unto him, uh, but she's not having it. Uh, she's got something else on her mind. Uh, she's got something else in her heart. And we find tonight as we pick it up right there, uh, we can't go back from to do, preach last week, but we'll move forward to this week. I want you to notice number one tonight, the seducing of Satan. The seducing of Satan. We mentioned a small part of this last week. We'll just mention it again and move forward. But here... Here, the, the king representing the world or Satan tonight, and he begins to seduce her. He began to speak to her, and he says in verse 9, I have compared thee to my love, oh, my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Now, we talked about that last week, representing the power uh, that he's speaking of. Uh, the chariots, uh, the horses in Pharaoh's chariots represent authority. It represents authority power it represents tonight what you would want to say now what he did say there's some truth to what he said for there is into the church and he's talking to the Shulamite girl representing the church there is uh, the church is strong the church is strong tonight don't ever underestimate the church don't look at the church tonight as many do as weak no the church is strong the church is very strong uh, the church is mightily strong uh, tonight, uh, also in a in a in horses tonight, you'll not find strength, but you'll find courage. For horses will go and and move and and uh, go through, and and they seem like to be the the carriers of anything that's hard or harsh or burdened. 
uh, those horses will bring forth courage. Just like the church tonight is courage. It's courageous tonight. You can't stop the church. Uh, you, you can't intimidate the church. You can't bring the church to the place where I'm talking about the true church tonight. And I believe tonight the devil has given us a test and the COVID. I, I believe that the, the world has brought us to a place of, of, uh, of giving us some trial. And uh, the majority of the churches failed. Amen. But those that are true, those that are real, those that are the bride of Christ tonight, we are courageous. And we're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give out. We're going to move forward and move on. Amen. And so we find the church is also durable. It's durable just like a horse would be tonight. And, boy, it just keeps going. Amen. We just keep enduring. I mean, the more that we face, the further we go. It don't seem tonight as, as if we're going backward, we're going forward. I'm talking about the true church. Not every church that calls itself a church tonight is a church. Uh, not everybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian. Uh, not everybody who saith, thus saith the Lord knows the Lord. And so tonight, but the true church is one who's fearless tonight. They're not fearing man. They're not fearing government. They're not fearing what's going to happen tomorrow. They're not fearing the future. They fear God. Amen. And so, yes, uh, that, that horses, he was right about that in the church's bowl tonight. We're not afraid to lift up the name of Christ. We're not ashamed of the gospel tonight. We're not worried tonight what man may say. Uh, so we find in that thought that this uh, the Satan tonight is the king was comparing the Shulamite uh, with the horses tonight. We find, number two, though, that he complements the Shulamite with chains. We find her here, the cheeks in verse 10, thy cheeks are comely with rolls of jewels and thy, and thy neck with chains of gold. We find that he has now put that upon her. He has now presented her with these jewels and with these chains of gold. And he does it, but he isn't saying anything about her tonight. He is really complimenting the rolls of jewels and the neck, the chain of gold. That's what he's complimenting because she's naturally beautiful. She says that there in that, in that chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, I am black but comely. And so she's naturally beautiful. So, so the church is naturally beautiful, right? The church doesn't have to wear makeup to be beautiful. The church don't have to put on gold and silver and rolls of jewelry in order to be beautified. Amen. The church tonight, just as she is tonight, does not need anything from the world. We don't need anything added to us. We don't need anything adjusted to us. We don't need anything the world has tonight. There's nothing at all that hell can help us with. There's nothing at all tonight that Satan can be a benefit for us tonight. Nobody in this world who doesn't know God tonight, they have nothing to do with us and can do nothing for us to be better than we are. And so if I'm that he brought some compliments to her. And this is what the king, he added to the Shulamite. Now the world has added to the church tonight, for they want it to be beautiful. Because see, what the church is really mainly about tonight is some things that the world does not even care to be looked upon nor thought of be beautiful. For example, tonight, a prayer meeting. The world don't count that beautiful. The world don't count that at all, even helpful. I mean, if we put a sign, we got a sign out there, we say, okay, Wednesday night, prayer meeting. 
you'd think uh, that this church would be full, wouldn't you think? And it would be backed up. We'd have to get cops out there to direct traffic and stuff of that nature, right? I mean, it would be overflowing. Uh, it would be all people everywhere. I mean, we're going to pray. We're going to pray to reach God. We're going to get a hold of the Lord Jesus. Uh, we're going to find God in the recesses of heaven. And we're going to begin to bring our requests and petitions unto God. Who can hear and who can do the most powerful one of all tonight. He can move mountains, friend. He can bring storms. He can calm the water tonight. He's the one tonight can do everything in wonders and signs and miracles tonight. Surely that everybody of Stafford tonight would run to Glory Baptist Church and say, we're having a prayer meeting and we're going to pray and get a hold of the God of heaven tonight, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and we're going to see God come down and reign upon us. To us, that's beautiful. To the world, threw we on that. So what does the world do? The world just cuts out on Wednesday night. The world says, oh, we don't need prayer no longer. The least attended a meeting in a church tonight is prayer meeting. Very few come. Very few even care to pray. A very few even want to pray. Very few tonight have any kind of concern or any kind of a desire tonight to pray. To pray at church. To pray at home. To pray before you eat. To pray as you go. Amen. Because it's not beautiful. We find tonight they want to add though. They want to take away. Because they want to add to it and make something beautiful. I'll tell you something else tonight <coughs> is a worship service. If we put again, write in the paper, get on the radio, send it through the email, send it on the internet, put it on our website. Hey, we're going to worship Jesus on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Everybody's invited. I would think tonight uh, that the church would be full, wouldn't you think? That would be a beautiful thing to come and worship Jesus, to worship the Son of God, worship the one who died on the cross of Calvary and rose on the third day, the one who's the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, the one today who's the bishop of our soul, the one who's the commander tonight of all, the author and finisher of our faith tonight, the great and chief shepherd of all time tonight, he's the mediator between man and God, the advocate tonight that we can look at. Oh, my, worship Jesus tonight night it'll be full but that's not beautiful not to the world so what they do they just take out jesus they just take out jesus they, they sing songs and just say lord 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 and people's going they just remove them they don't preach on his salvation. They don't preach on his redemption. They don't preach on his praise. They don't preach on his divinity. They don't preach on his deity. They don't preach on any of that. So he's just out. That's what they do. I'm just trying to say tonight as this king put upon the chains of this woman to seduce her. And that's what the world and the devil tonight tries to do with the church tonight. He tries to add to the church. He tries to put upon the church. He tries to lure the church. He tries to seduce the church. He tries to entice the church. Take it on. And friend, I tell you tonight, she was one that uh, wasn't going to have it. The devil wants to change it. The devil wants to move it. And the devil wants to remove it. Just like the king tonight with the Shulamite, it was the rolls of jewels that he was praising. 
And that's what the world will do tonight. They won't praise our prayer meeting. They won't praise our Jesus. They won't praise our offering. They won't praise our song service. They won't praise the Holy Spirit of God that dwells here and moves in here. But they will praise man. And they will praise money. And they will praise buildings. And they will praise properties. And they will praise uh, assemblies. And they will praise material. And they will praise physical. But they will not give God praise. Tonight, that's what we're being allured from. It was the chains of gold that was being honored. But the Shulamite girl, the church she represents, was a natural beauty. She didn't need anything the king had. She didn't want anything the king had. She was beautiful without the king. And so tonight, thirdly, here comes the Shulamite uh, with gold and silver. Verse 11, he said, we will, he said, the king says, the world says, we will make thee, and talk about the church, borders of gold with studs of silver. Now, that's enticing, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about gold and silver tonight. And we're talking about the world saying to the church, Hey, church, if you just change up a little bit, if you kind of just not be so serious and don't be so dogmatic and don't be so fundamental and, and don't be so independent, I mean, you don't have to be as conservative as you are. I mean, you don't have to be like the King James Version Bible is the only Bible. I mean, you know, you can slip a little contemporary in there. Everything will be okay. I mean, you know, you got to just kind of ease up a little bit. We're in the 2023 now. You know, not everybody thinks like the 1960s anymore. So, you know, you got some gold and silver we want to throw. If I throw you some gold and silver... I mean, listen, friend, if you just conform a little bit to our way. That's what's going on today. That's what's happening today. And boy, it's so, the Song of Solomon is so, so apt to where we are today in the life. Now, there was a church in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17 who took the gold and silver. The Bible says, the last church of the age before Jesus comes in the rapture. That's the church of the Laodiceans tonight. And this is what it says. I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That's the last church for the last age. Before Jesus comes, that will be the church of the church of the day in which we live. That will be the church tonight. Now, there will be a remnant within that age. And that age will be carrying forth a still remnant from the church of Philadelphia. But the predominant church of our day, of this day in which we live today, is the church of Laodiceans. Because the majority of them, they say, I am rich, increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And so we find uh, that that is what they have been given. And so we see tonight, not only that, but gold tonight, we see in verse 11, borders of gold. Gold always is a symbol of authority. When you find in the Scripture, you go through the Word of God, you'll see everywhere you see gold, you see authority. Or you see rule. Or you see riches. Those two things. Wherever you have gold, you have riches. Where you have gold, you have rule. The rich rule, don't they? The wealth rule. Those who have gold, they rule. And so tonight, it just goes right together. Now, Satan, he offered our Lord uh, some sort of gold, Back in Luke chapter 4, uh, keep there in your hand. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 with me. 
uh, tonight there in the wilderness, and, and Jesus was offered uh, uh, some sort of gold tonight, uh, but not like the church of Laodiceans. But we find here in this chapter 4 in verse 6, uh, the Bible says, And the devil said unto him, All this power, that's that gold, will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. And so what we find that the devil was offering Jesus was a delegated authority. You see, that Satan could not give the authority because all authority comes from God. There is no power in the world today except God given the power. He's the power. But this authority that he was offering to Jesus was called delegated authority. But Jesus refused it tonight, and so are we. Refuse the gold today that this world may be offering us. Now, he, the world tonight would say, or Satan would say, hey, listen, if you take up this gold, I will give you position. You want a position in the world? Take the gold I have to offer. I'll make you a position. Uh, you'll be in a high place. I mean, listen, friend, the, uh, CBS, NBC, they'll know all about you. I mean, listen, when I put you on the TV, I put you on the radio, I put you all over the world. You know, I'll give you some examples, you know, like Joel Osteen, Ed Young. John MacArthur, Charles Stanley. Man, I listen, I'll, I'll, make you, I'll make you big time if you just take a little bit of gold. Not only will I give you a position tonight, but I'll give you a prestige. A prestige of the world that people look at you and say, wow, now that's a church. Now right there, that's, 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 what, we, that's what church looks like. Right there, I'm telling you, uh, they, really, they really are doing it right because that's where the majority goes. That's where the most people will think. I'll make you prestige. I'll bring you position. I'll bring you preeminence. I'll make you preeminent. I mean, listen, friend, they won't ever forget you. This world won't forget you if you take some of my gold. Now, Jesus refused it. Church of the Odysseans has taken it. This little Shilamite girl here who's the true church tonight, she didn't take it. She refused it. See, what the king didn't know in this period of time while she was in his chambers and his courts, he didn't know that this girl here, that she had the real authority already in her heart. She had Jesus. Amen. She had the shepherd boy. Down, and so she refused that gold. Gold representing the authority. Number two, silver. There in verse 11, silver represents assurance. You remember in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 5, that whenever they came to Judas and said to Judas, Judas, 30 pieces of silver. Oh, silver. What are you going to do with that silver there, uh, Judas? Oh, that silver there I'll take, and that will give you assurance that I will bring him unto you. That's what it was. You see, silver is representing tonight a assurance. If you study it out, you'll find all through the Bible when silver is speaking of, it's assurance. We see it with Joseph. We see it with Judas. It's all through the Bible, and silver is always just showing us 
the assurance. Now, the word silver would represent pure. It's resistance tonight to corrosion. Uh, silver tonight has the ability to stand in heat. Silver does. So the king offers her a false assurance when he says, We will make the borders of gold with studs of silver. What he's saying to her is, I got assurance for you that if you'll just take me up on it, he said, I will make it for sure, but it was fake. It's fake. It's phony assurance that he was trying to give to her. It was a counterfeit assurance. It was a his assurance. It was the, the world's assurance. And those assurances never work. See, salvation tonight is not based on good works. Salvation tonight is not based on human merit. And salvation is not based on self-effort. But what he was trying to say to her was, I will save you, I will deliver you, I will rescue you, I will preserve you if you just take what I have for you, uh, these jewels, these chains, this gold, this silver, and you come under my harem and you become part of who I am. He said, I will give you the assurance that you've never had before. And tonight we find that she said, I've got the assurance. She turned it all down. And the reason why she turned it all down is because she had her shepherd. You see, tonight, what I'm trying to say in the midst of this chapter is you're going to be allured and enticed. And in the world in which we live today, you are going to be bombarded on a daily basis on very simple terms to turn to the world to take on its philosophies, to take on its religions, to take on its ideology, to take on its intellect, to take on its heartfelt. Sister Kaylin, today, she sent me some things about what took place in the, is it the Grammys? The Grammys. Did y'all watch the Grammys? Anybody? Well, thank God that our church didn't watch the Grammys. Hallelujah, glory to God. I didn't watch the Grammys either, by the way. But she sent me some things about the Grammy, and it was all about Satanism, demonism. It was all about humanism. And it was making mockery that we are worshiping. This is church. And uh, it was completely from hell. And all of those people there tonight, I promise you, they would say they know God. And they would say tonight, and I would say the majority of them tonight would say, I grew up in a church. I used to go to church. I started singing in church. I started my career in church. And tonight we find all that filth and dirt and all that. They have taken what the devil and the world has offered them. And friend, they have found that that silver is a false assurance. They have no hope without Jesus. The church tonight is being bombarded by this world to take us over. They're going to try to do everything they can tonight, and they'll start by the way of what we believe. They will attack our Bible. They will attack our Lord. They will attack what we believe and what we hold dear and near to our hearts. They want us to drop our standards. They want us to let go of our convictions. 
They want us to become looking like the church and act like, I mean, look like the world and act like the world tonight. You and I are going to stand before the eyes of the king. We're going to stand before the power and the authority of this devil. And we've got to say, no, that we've got a shepherd. And that shepherd is with us and on us and in us tonight. And we don't want none of that tonight. We'll go to heaven tonight without all that you have to offer us. We need Christians tonight to stand in 2023. We need mom and daddies to decide that we're just going to serve God and live for Jesus. We, just, we, got, we need preachers tonight to stop mealy-mouthing around tonight and don't stop being like dumb dogs that won't bark tonight and stop hanging around tonight with the world and acting like the world tonight and get behind the pulpit and preach the Word of God with fire and authority and let God know tonight that we're really being called and we really got the gift of God upon our lives and we want to see souls saved and lives changed. We want to see the church grow and mature and become perfect in the eyes of God oh when he comes tonight that we're all ready for his return come on God help us tonight we pray tonight that God's people will be demanding and commanding preach the word of God tell us about the things of God give us Jesus tonight and him crucified and so we find tonight that this woman she has under the under this uh, allurement under this seducing, and she just walks away from it there in verse 11. But I want you to notice number two, the sustaining of the shepherd. Not only is the seducing of the Satan, of Satan tonight, but the sustaining of the shepherd. Now in verse 12, it says, While the king sitteth at his table, I want you to notice these words, My spikener. Sendeth forth the smell thereof. Verse 13. A bundle of myrrh is, look and listen to this, my well beloved. Verse 14. My beloved is unto me. Now, my beloved and my well beloved and my spikenard tonight is the shepherd. Now, the Lord tonight. The shepherd, her shepherd, which is our Lord tonight, isn't trying to take her out. And listen tonight, church, don't ask God to take us out. It ought not be in the mind and heart of each one of us tonight that we are so hoping the rapture would come tonight and take us on out of here so that we don't have to go through this filth and this dirt and this trash and, and all that we're facing tonight. Uh, that's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason. Now, we all should be looking for his return. We all should be faithful as he returns. And we should be watching and working and waiting. And, and we, we should be at the place where God, oh, even so come quickly, oh Lord. And that ought to be the heart of every Christian in here tonight. Waiting and looking for that return. But not for us to escape. Not for us to get out. Uh, not for us to, to just kind of get an exit. That's not. And so the Lord tonight... Uh, he allows us to go through trials. 
He allows us to go through the tribulations. He, he allows us to go through sufferings. And he allows us to go through times of difficulties and times of troubles tonight. He allows us to find ourselves in the way of being seduced and allured and enticed tonight. And it's not the Lord tonight is going to just take us out of that situation. But it's the Lord that comes to us in that situation. And that's what it's talking about here. And that's why she is now, the king has now been sitting down. He's watching and looking. He said, man, I did everything I could to bring you in. And she's saying, I smell my spikenard. I smell. I smell. I smell something. I, I smell something that is going to be a help to me. And what God will do, the Lord will do with this, the shepherd will do with this little Shulamite girl, is that he will come to her, and he is, and he will show you, and he'll encourage her. And he'll sustain her. And now he'll take her, and he will bring her to a place where he will assure her. I know where you are. I know what you're facing. I know exactly the battle that you're in. I see the fire that's coming your way. The darts are hitting you. I see those things. Be rest assured. I'm acknowledging it. I know it. I'm here. Smell me. I'm right there with you. Amen. So that's the kind of the, the atmosphere at this moment, at this time. I want you to notice the first thing about this shepherd is that this shepherd sends a love gift. A love gift. And there in verse 12, he says, that uh, says, My smiter sendeth forth the smell thereof. Uh, the love gift. So our shepherd sends to her in the midst of all that's going on a love gift. Smikenard. Now what is a spikenard? Well, we see that if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12 with me. And we see that same ointment, that same perfume. And so we see in chapter 12 of John. Keep there in Song of Solomon. We're back there. But uh, look in chapter 12 and verse 3. The Bible says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. See, this is a love gift. It says, Very costly. Knowing the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Would you say tonight, as we read that scripture, do you just see the pounding of love in that? Do you see tonight that, that this woman would just take that costly ointment and just pour it upon our Lord because she loves him? Hey, turn to uh, Luke chapter 7 with me tonight. And the Bible says in verse 37, again, it's mentioned again. It says, behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. That's big. And she knew that Jesus said at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet, being behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Does that at all sound like love to you? Does that sound like there's somebody that loves the Lord there that would do such a thing? Well, we go back to Solomon here. We find, she says, my spikener, that gift of love. She began to smell his presence. 
Because that's what the aroma does, amen. And as you wear that perfume or you wear that cologne, and each one of us tonight has our own, and, and when you come amongst people who know you and people who love you tonight and they smell you, they'll say, that's who that is. She's beginning to smell the presence of this smitener, and she begins to smell his grace. Because she's under this great pressure of being allured and enticed to become on their side and to lay down her convictions and lay down whom she loves in order to go there so that she can gain some prestige and gain some power and preeminence and, and she can get some position and, and she, she's being pulled and she's being pressured and, and daily and every day and all day it seems like it just comes on and all of a sudden my spikener she just smells grace. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you for your favor. Thank you, Lord, that though they're enticing, but I'm just not interested. That's grace. Lord, I'm just not wanting to go that way. That's grace. Lord, I'm just not interested in the world. That's grace. Lord, I just don't want what the world has. I don't want what the world has to offer tonight. Matter of fact, I get nauseated thinking of it. That's grace. She's smelling that smite. My smiter, grace, presence. She's finding, she's smelling mercy, mercy. For it's the mercy of the Lord to, to let her go through this enticing, to let her go through this allurement. And he knows that she won't take it. That's mercy. That's mercy. The Lord will be so trustworthy of you. The Lord will look at you and say, oh, yeah, you're my child, and I don't care where you go. I don't care who allures you. I don't care who entices you. I don't care at all who would be there trying to draw you under themselves. I know you won't go. That's mercy. Oh, tonight as she's under that pressure, she says, my spikenard has sent me that aroma. And tonight that's how it ought to be with us. In our lives, as the world in all of its pictures, and all tonight of its people, and its prices, and its powers, and all the glitter, and all the gold, and all the silver, and all the jewels of, of, of rubies, and all the chains, that our eyes may look upon it, but our hearts would say, I just smell him. I just smell him. Can I say here secondly? Do I notice that in this time of the shepherd is sustaining uh, her, his, uh, his little girl, we find that the shepherd gives not only a love gift, but gives a lasting gift. Look at verse 13. A bundle of myrrh is my beloved unto me. Now tonight, beloved Tonight is again speaking. She's speaking of her shepherd. This is her speaking. And she's saying to us tonight that in the midst of this situation, that the bundle of myrrh, that means bunch of myrrh, not just one little bit of myrrh, but a bunch of myrrh is what he is to her at this period of time. Tonight, that, that means that that myrrh tonight is mean precious. Precious. 
And so we find that what she's saying is, she's saying right now in the midst of this, while the king is sitting and waiting for my answer, waiting for me to make a decision, I'm looking unto my shepherd and I smell him here. But not only that, but he's like a, he's like a, a myrrh unto me, a bundle of myrrh. He's just precious. He's precious. He's more precious than anything else. The Bible teaches that Jesus is precious. His blood is precious. The gospel is precious. Oh, tonight, that word myrrh not only means precious tonight, but it means priceless. And in the midst of all that allurement, enticement tonight, and all that they're trying to do, you can see Jesus and say, Jesus, you're just priceless. What could I sell out for? Could I sell out for a woman? Can I sell out for a job? Can I sell out for money? Can I sell out for religion? Can I sell out? What can I sell out for? Hey, tonight, if, if Jesus is that bundle of myrrh to you, he would be priceless. There's not an amount of money tonight that could be equal to him. There's not, a, there's not an amount of pleasure tonight that could be equal to him. There's not, there's not an amount tonight uh, of any kind of entertainment, of any kind of man or woman or any kind of joy or any kind of pleasure or entertainment tonight that you can sell out when this spikener, whose bundle is him and he's priceless. You see, tonight it all depends on our relationship with Jesus. You see, this Christian life tonight is not made up of do's and don'ts. You don't have to come to church tonight. You ain't got to come on Sunday. Oh, but when Jesus becomes the bundle of myrrh, and when you're facing the king, and he's got all these things before you tonight, and you sell out. You sell out for a movie. You sell out for a birthday party. You sell out. You sell out for anniversary. You sell out. You sell out for gardening. You sell out for a lake ride. You sell out for golf. You sell out for hunting. What would you sell out for? Is that Jesus tonight, that shepherd of myrrh to you? Precious. Priceless. Powerful. Powerful. Sell out. Friend, listen. She looked at him and she said, you are a bundle of myrrh. The most powerful of ever. You know, they took that myrrh and they used it to anoint kings with. Do you know that? Friend, listen, this myrrh tonight that she's speaking of, that Jesus is, is the most powerful there is. I mean, they use this for weddings and they use this for burials. There's no three other ways tonight that can be used with great power except for anointing and burials and for weddings. So we see tonight that this bundle of myrrh. And then we see as well as this uh, is on her heart. For it says this in verse 13. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. That means that he is going to be upon her heart. It's going to be with her heart. It will be by her heart. Remember John, the Bible says that he was leaned up against Jesus' bosom. And what she's got now, she's got this bundle of myrrh. And she's in the sight of this king. And he's trying to lure her to come his way. 
And she's got that, and she lays it between her breast upon her heart. And she said, this, this is a lasting gift. Amen. Not only the love gift that he's given me, but a lasting gift. And so we find tonight in the way of the third is the shepherd offers a living gift. Not only a lasting gift and a love gift, but he says in verse 14, my beloved, my beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire in the vineyards of Injadai. Now, that may not mean much to us tonight because we don't live in that region. But the region of Injanai tonight is over there by, on, the, on the east side of Jerusalem near the Dead Sea. Now, in the, by the Dead Sea tonight is nothing but rock. rock. Nothing but desert. Nothing tonight but just, it's just dust. But when you come up to this Injanai, you'll find with this Injanai that it is a place that's surrounded by dry and surrounded by barren and hard and desolate. But when you come upon this, you'll find a spring of water that is bubbling up on the side of the mountain. And because of that bubbling water, that water runs down and it goes into Injadai and it's a cluster of campfire. Now the cluster of campfire tonight in the midst of the barren, dry and desolate area, there's a beautiful plant that comes up, and it's bright yellow, very green leaves, and very dark bark. Now, it would be like, it would be like you and I just going down to Arizona, down in the desert, and man, that you're just driving, and it's dry, it's dusty, it's hot. I mean, there ain't no, nothing, and all of a sudden you come over a mountain, and come down there, and all of a sudden you see this water and these campfires clusters of them beautiful yellow beautiful green and beautiful brown what she was saying was this is that my shepherd in the midst of this dry barren desolate life that we're living in he's that one tonight that's the most beautiful the most bright and the most genuine He's the one who makes it all beautiful. Engineer. Without that engineer, without those clusters of the campfire, it would just be rock, hard, barren, and desolate. But because of that, there's a place that you can look at and be refreshed. And that's what she's saying tonight. She's saying that, man, in the midst of all of that, Jesus, the shepherd, Tonight is a living gift. He changes the landscape. That's what that campfire does. It changes the landscape. Tell you something else it does. It beautifies the area. Number three, the campfire enriches the place. And that's exactly what our shepherd has done to us. He has changed our landscape. He has beautified our area. And tonight, he has enriched our place. And she's saying to him, that's what you are to me. Now, the word campfire, it's a, it's a very 
interesting word. It means redemption price. Do you know that? She said, you what you are, my shepherd boy. You're my redemption price. You bought me. You paid for me. You ransomed me. You're, you're, a, you're a cluster of campfire in the midst of engine high. Oh, when it was dark and when it was dry, when it was barren, and when I had no use and no purpose and I was worthless, and then you became my Lord. You redeemed me with the price of yourself tonight and now. You become my campfire. You become my hope. You become my joy. You become everything to me. It means a satisfaction. It means an atonement. That word campfire, the gift of eternal life Jesus gave, and that lives on. Amen. And so we find tonight, here can we say thirdly, is the sweetness of the Shulamite. Not only sustaining of the shepherd tonight, but the sweetness of the Shulamite. Three things I want to show you quickly. The shepherd's response. The shepherd's response. I mean, here she is talking in verse, verse 12, 13, and 14. In verse 15, he responds. The, the, the shepherd responds. He says this. He says, Behold, thou art fair, my love. That's how we know that it's, it's her, him speaking to her because he calls her my love. My love, behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. The shepherd's response to her saying to him, you, you are my spikenard. You, you are May I, I tell you, you are my cluster of campfire. Uh, you are my bundle of myrrh. And he says to her, he says, I tell you what you are to me. You are as one who's fair with dove's eyes. Now, sweet, look at doves here. So the, the Shulamite tonight would represent a symbol of peace, right? Dove is a symbol of peace. We find in the Bible, if you remember in, in Genesis chapter 8, verses 8 through 12, that whenever there was a bird that went out to see if the wrath of God is gone, right? What was it? It was a dove. When that dove came back with an olive, right? It showed forth that the waters are gone and the judgment is over. It brought forth an understanding that there's now a peace. God's wrath has been fulfilled. And so we find that this this dove would represent peace. It would represent also it's the only bird that can be sacrificed because it's considered a clean bird. A dove is. A sacrificial dove. It also represents, you remember, that like in Matthew 3, verse 16, it says like the Spirit of God descending like a dove. You remember on Jesus and his baptism and all? So it represents the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying to the church, what he's saying to the Shilamite, talking about the shepherd tonight, he says to her, he says, you know what you are to me? You are one who's full of peace, who is a sacrifice. You're sacrificing for me. And you're one tonight uh, that I can look upon and look at and say that you are indwelt by the Spirit of God. You're just like a dove. You got some dove eyes. And you know what? That's what you are to me. I wonder tonight if God could look at us and say, you know what? You remind me of like a dove. And you just got peace in your heart. You got peace with God. You got the peace of God. 
And you're just sacrificial. I mean, you're, you're just one that will sacrifice. You've been sacrificing. You are sacrificing. And the Spirit of God is all over you. He's in you. He dwelt you. He's filling you. And you're walking by his power under his influence. He's impacting your life. He's taking you places you've never been before. You're understanding more than you ever understood. You're learning to a place where you feel like your mind is exploding. Your heart is just full of him tonight, the Holy Ghost of God. And it just seems like you're walking with God on a daily basis. He said, that's my church. That's her. That's her. She has dove eyes. Amen. I mean, I'm just talking tonight. Dude, what a relationship it is tonight with Jesus. Now, the world won't have anything to do with this tonight. They'll spit on this. They'll throw up on this. I mean, listen, friend, they'll turn this off and turn away and say, what kind of junk is this guy even talking about? But those who know Jesus tonight, you'll say, amen, glory to God that I have such a relationship. And so we see the shepherd's response, and then I'll show you here lastly. I want you to notice the Shelomite's reaction. Verses 16 and 17, she reacts to him. And what she says in verse 16 and 17, Behold, thou art fair, my, be my beloved. So she's speaking to the shepherd here. Yea, pleasant. Also our bed is green. The beams are, are of our houses are cedar and our rafters are fir. What's she saying? Well, I, I'm going to say it here quick so we can understand it. What she's saying is, is my beloved is everything I ever wanted. That's what she's saying. She's saying there in verse 15, you're fair, you're my love. I mean, you're fair, and you're my beloved, and you're pleasant. That's what she's saying. I mean, you're everything I ever wanted. You're everything I ever needed. You're everything. You're everything. There's absolutely nothing with you that I am unsatisfied or discontented with. You feel my every longing. You meet my every need. There's absolutely nothing in my life tonight that I can say that I'm without. You have been a wonderful shepherd. You've been a gracious shepherd. And then she moves and she begins to say this. Look in verse 16. She says, also our, O-U-R. So now she's, now she's talking about before it was like, I'm talking about you, you're talking about me. And isn't that the way the relationship is? You praise him, he praises you. You say something about him, he says something about you. Isn't that, isn't that the way it works? And then she says, our. Here's a union. We're connected. Our bed. Our house. Our seat. Our future, our home that's being prepared, our, not just mine, our, me and you. Man, isn't it good to be saved? I'm telling you tonight, I think I can just run and just keep running tonight. I, I, my heart is overwhelmed. She's saying we are one, we are together, we are joined, we have a permanent relationship. And there's no way at all tonight will ever be separated ever again. Hallelujah, glory to God. I pray tonight that you know Jesus in this magnitude. If you just know him as some 
preacher or know him as some prophet or some king tonight, you're missing this love relationship with a wonderful Savior tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I quit early tonight. I'm about two minutes early. I don't know if that even counts, right? You probably where you think it is, your birthday? It's my heart's desire, church, that you have a, a greater loving relationship with Jesus. And I want you to so much, so much be what he wants you to be. As a pastor of this church, as a Christian tonight, I find no more thrill and no more satisfaction and contentment in my heart than to see God's people have a love relationship with Christ. I want to so draw you closer to him and that you become, he'll become closer to you. I'm not interested in the frivolous and I'm not interested in the smoke and I'm not interested in all the nonsense. I'm interested in you and Jesus. May God be honored. May he be glorified. Christians are praying tonight. Draw me to you, Lord. Give me that heart that will break. Help me be like a Shulamite girl with her shepherd. So far, what we've learned in chapter 1, it's about him and her life. It's about him. She is not at all having anything else except him. I'm telling you tonight, she's encouraged my heart. She's helped me. Helped me to look to God and search and see her. He's helped me. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you. Some have come pray tonight. Will you come? Will you come tonight? God, enrich our relationship. God, show me where I have brought a division. I brought a separation between you and I. Show me, Lord, where I have failed you. Where I don't want to. I don't desire to. Help me, Father. I just want to be more for you. I just want to be more of you. God, as this world is drawing to a close, as this age is coming to an end, as these times as we know it are coming to a place we don't even know where we are, and yet at the same time tonight, that relationship, that fellowship we can have with Jesus can never leave. It's got to get sweeter and sweeter it's us oh lord it's us it's us some are praying we'll give them time to pray tonight do you have time make me just like you want me lord Seeking the Lord. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb.
hallowed be thy name. That you be glorified. That you be honored. Yes. God, meet with us. Meet with us, O Lord. Draw us to Fill us with your spirit. Make you real. Make you real, Lord, in our lives. Blessed be.